We're talking about some keys to understand divine healing. And on these Wednesday night services, for a while now, we've been talking along the lines of faith and healing. So, yes, he is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord that heals you. God has no plans for you to have sickness and disease dictate your life. He is your healer. He's given us a measure of his faith, and also his faith comes as we hear his word, so that we walk now, we walk in the love of God, we walk by the faith of God, and we walk being led by the Spirit of God. That's what we do as Christians. How long will we do that? We'll never stop doing that. One of these days you're going to realize, oh, I'm no longer walking on the earth. Now I'm, now I'm in heaven with Jesus. But you're still going to be walking with a great revelation that the God of heaven loves you. You're going to be walking because of that in the love of God. You'll be walking by the faith of God. And, and the Holy Spirit's going to be with us forever. You'll be led by the Spirit of God. Isn't it awesome? Hallelujah. Well, we talked about a lot of things. We started two weeks ago. Uh, I was gone last Wednesday, but before that, we talked about faith that receives. So I want to continue along these lines. And again, when we talk about faith, guys, faith works the same in every area. Every area. So whatever your area is, we're going to talk tonight. We'll give you enough ammunition that this could last you the rest of your life. Now, I would encourage you to come back, though, because... You know, that would, that would not be good for me. But uh, I could preach to empty seats, but I don't believe the Lord would allow me to. So, praise God. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. We talked in Romans chapter 10 about a couple things. We'll do a little review and then we'll jump right into tonight. Hallelujah. I could sense that you've come expecting. That's awesome. Do you know, do you know why the expectancy is growing in our church? It's because... The revelation that God loves us is growing. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you, you're not coming to church, okay, you've got to put a helmet on, steel-toed boots, because, man, I'm just going to get hammered by, by God tonight. No, no, he's here to help you, because he loves you. In Romans chapter 10, verse 6, it says, but the righteousness, right at the first part of this verse, it says, but the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks this way. Now remember, you and I as children of God were declared righteous simply by faith. In, we had faith in that what Jesus or what the word of God said to us, that Jesus lived on this earth, he died on a cross, he rose from the dead, he's seated in heaven. I believe that was true. And then I confessed with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. And when I did that, I was born again. The spirit man that I was that was dead and separated from God was taken out of my physical body and a brand new spirit was put in me. The Holy Spirit came right into me and did that in a moment of time and I was completely changed on the inside. Old things now have passed away. All my past is gone and everything is new and will remain new forever. Amen? And I was declared righteous. So now, the righteousness, which is of faith, this is how it speaks. And then if you jump down to verse 8, it says, but what saith it? In other words, what does the righteousness, which is of faith, say? 
And this is what it says. The word is nigh thee. That means the word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. Because how does the righteousness which is of faith speaks? It speaks the word of God that is in my heart. It always speaks it out of my mouth. I don't speak the word from my mind. I speak it out of my mouth. My spirit man, which is now walking in revelation of God's word, as I walk by faith, I'm getting revelation of his word and I'm simply speaking out of my mouth what I believe in my heart. How often? Always. Does that make sense? And, it, and then he finishes up, that is the word of faith which we preach. So faith is this. The word has to be in two places. It has to be in your heart, but it has to be in your mouth. And, and, and we're going to, the, the word of God spends a lot more time talking about our speaking than it does even our believing. Because here's the, here's the reality of believing. It's a choice, and we're going to see that. So then if you jump down in the same chapter in Romans 10, 17, he says, after he explains all this stuff, he says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you See, in order to hear the word of God tonight, in order for you to hear the word of God, it's got to be first place in your life. You're, you're, you have to make a decision. Father, you are above everything. I reverence, I honor, and I respect you, which I reverence, honor, and respect your word above everything else in my life. And now, in that position, I'm giving my full attention to your word. I'm not, I'm not dividing my attention by what's going on in my life and your word. Nope, I give it your undivided attention. So as I'm going throughout my day, as your word, as, as you speak to me, you get my undivided attention. Right? And this is, so when you are in that position, now that's Bible hearing to give your full attention to because you reverence, honor, and respect the word of God above everything else in your life. So many Christians, they, the enemy distracts them and gets them living out of their flesh so that they are only listening to the word of God. They're not hearing it. So no faith is ever birthed. And so what happens is they, they hear that God's their healer or that God's their provider. And oh, it sounds so good. And, and they, they, they just know, they mentally assent to that is true. But remember, faith doesn't work that way. It's got to be in your heart. So the Holy Spirit will give revelation to his word in your heart. Does that make sense? And once he gives revelation to it, man, you'll hear it. And so, so if you think about it, faith is birthed when you hear the very sound of your father. When his word resonates inside of you, faith is birthed. What is that? You become fully persuaded. Faith is there. Now I believe, I believe what he said. I can do all things through Christ. I am strong in the Lord. I, you know, I've been redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack. I've been redeemed from sickness and disease. 
I've been given authority in the name of Jesus. And so now, when that happens, I stop speaking to people about my mountain and I talk to my mountain. You have to change. The spirit of faith rises up out of your spirit and you refuse to take anything less than what God has provided for you. And that excites your father. He loves it. He loves it. So we talked about that. So think of it this way. Faith believes in the heart and speaks out of the mouth. This is so, so very important. So now let's keep going further down in the chapter and let's go to verse 13. And he gives us a progression. This literally is the progression that will build spiritual strength in you. So there's, 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 some, there's, some, there's a process here. And in the word of God, like so many times, our father, it, he says it backwards. It's really interesting. Why does he do that? Because he calls the end from the beginning. So that's why he does that a lot. He's not trying to trip you up. That's the language of faith. He wants you to stand right here today and say, I am going to live long on this earth and declare the works of the Lord. I'm going to live and I'm not going to die. The statistic is three out of four people will get cancer. Guess what? I will not have cancer. Cancer cannot live in my body. Here's a big one. If you've ever had cancer in your body, here's the big one. Because those secondary attacks that the enemy brings, don't receive them. I will never have it again. And whatever I lost when you illegally put this on me in the first place, it's all coming back. You have to bring it back. According to Proverbs eleven thirty one. 31, the righteous, which is me, will be repaid, recompensed while I'm in this earth. Isn't that good news? It says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls gets the result. What call on the name of the Lord? We said last time we were together, what that means is we're believing God's word in our heart and we're calling, we're speaking it out of our mouth. Whoever does that will get the result. They'll be, in this case, they'll be saved, which is really cool because that includes everything. You could say this, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be healed. Why? Well, because that word saved means healed. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be whole. Why? Because guess what? The word salvation, the word saved is whole. Does that make sense? Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be free from lack. Will be safe from apprehension, will be delivered. Our God is a mighty place. He's a protector. He, he, he just is everything. Salvation is an all-inclusive term. So then it says, how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? So if you call, if you believe in your heart the word of God and speak it with your mouth, you will get the result. But... It's impossible for you to call. It's impossible for you to believe in your heart and speak it out of your mouth if you don't believe it. 
every false doctrine that has ever come around always, always puts you in a passive position to where you, a, a passive position to the enemy. If you don't know 100% that it is God's will that you be healed or walk in divine health, you can't have faith. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know that God wants you to prosper in every arena of your life, you can't have faith for that. Does that make sense? You, if, if you don't know that depression, anxiety, right, fear, terror, all this stuff has no part in your life, not even a little. There is no chance that your father would ever use that to teach you something. You have to know it. And it's so clearly in the word of God that God uses his word to teach us. Never circumstances. Now he will help you if you're in a circumstance. Man, he'll, he'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you what to believe. He'll lead you out of it and it'll build strength in you. But he never will bring it. You know, people, I can't wait to teach on the book of Job. I, I've been wanting to do this. I have the outline 95% done. And I just want to come in here and just teach on it and get it on the website. Because everybody talks about, what about Job? You know, I mean, what about him? The story happened in less than a year, and he ended up with double. You know, and, and they say things like, well... It says right in the King James Version, have you considered my servant Job? Yeah, but the word of God is life to those that find it. I'm not going to bet my eternity on a King Jimmy translator. I love the King James translation. It's a transliteration. It's a word-for-word -word translation. But literally, you can't translate word-for-word -word Greek or Hebrew into English because like, for instance, love, Greek has, like, I think four different words for love. So, and a lot of times in the Hebrew language, the tense is off. So, if you read it in, in the King James Version, it says, have you considered my servant Job? Kind of like God is going, hey, come here, have you, have you seen this guy? He's blessed. But no, in the actual language, it says, I see that you've considered my servant Job. Right? Well, how did Satan come in? See, Satan goes, well, I can't get to him. You built a hedge around about him. You know, and, and what did God say? In the literal language, he said, behold, he's already in your hand. Why? Well, the thing I feared most has come upon me, Job said. He had this fear. Fear opened a door. So here's Job. He's speaking all this stuff. So the book of Job, it was written by Moses. It's the first book in the Bible. First book written in the Bible. In the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, you don't see a lot mentioned about Satan. But in the New Testament, he's totally exposed. Jesus said, the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In Ephesians, it talks about taking, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Just That Greek word just revealed how he comes. He travels down one road one way of the devil, just totally exposed how he acts. Devil, diabolos. Bolos means 
to throw something to break through to the other end of it, to break through something. Dia, to throw it over and over. Well, we know from other scriptures in the New Testament, Satan comes the same way to all of us. He throws thought after thought after thought after thought at your mind. And if you don't take those thoughts captive, you will forget who you are. So see, in the Old Testament, though, Job, he, was, he had no covenant with God. He didn't. He wasn't Jewish. Who was in Job's day? You, nobody, right? So, so here he was, and he really believed, if I do good, God's going to bless me. And man, you know, the blessing of God was on his life. But he also believed, but if I, if I, if, if I mess up, God's going to get me. So then all of a sudden, he has all this tragedy in his life. And now he's going to God and going, wait a minute, why did this bad stuff happen to me as a good person? I mean, we've written, book, we've written some really ridiculous books on this that are not scriptural. And the whole question of Job, theologians say, is why do bad things happen the question of Job, every, every major theologian will say, the question of Job is, that he was asking God, is why, me as a righteous man, why did this happen to me? Which is completely stupid, because God never answered that question. So it couldn't have been the question. Well, why is that? Well, he's Jehovah. He's the God who reveals himself. So at the end of it, Job said all these things, because why? He was surrounded by, I use the term loosely, friends. You, you learn about these friends in Psalm 1.1. If you want to be blessed, you can't walk, stand, or sit around certain people. And Job was. So he came up with, here, here's a crazy one. He gives and takes away. Now we've taken it in the church, and we've made like the number one worship song of all time. We got Christians going, I mean, I bet that just blesses God. No, there's no way. Because when God showed up after, Job said 74 things that were not accurate about God. And when God showed up, he didn't say, oh, Job, man, you got boils everywhere. Are you feeling okay? No, Job said, hey, dude, stand up like a man. I'm here now. And then he had to, because he was a man and because God loves and he's just, he wants to help him. He's like, how can I reveal myself to this guy? Okay, the lowest form of revelation, i got to use creation. So he's like, okay, Job, you, you think you know so much? Do, do you know how I laid out the whole foundation of the earth? Do you know how the laws of heaven govern the laws of earth? And he's doing all this stuff, and Job is, you can just imagine, Job's like, oh, man. And at the end of it, he, Job, who God called him a perfect man, doesn't mean flawless, it meant, it meant wholehearted. Job said, oh, I'm going to hold my hand over my mouth. I've spoken wrongly about you. And then God wanted to help him. God knew to help him, he had to get his eyes off of him. He had to get Job's eyes off himself. He lost family, he lost all of his wealth, he, he was hurting physically, and God... To, to get, to be able to bless him, God had to get his eyes off of himself. So he goes, listen, you need to pray for your friends. And, and literally right after that, he was able to get double back. In the church, we, we, 
we dumb down God and God's word because of our circumstances. Well, sister so-and-so loved God with all of her heart and she died of cancer. And so see, God doesn't heal everybody. What does that have to do with anything? It, it, it doesn't, we can't, we gotta look at the word of God and go, what is the word saying? Why? Because you have, faith begins where the will of God is known. And we, we can't be unbelieving. When you see that word unbelief in the New Testament, it literally means an unpersuadableness, a rebellious disobedience. You saying that you cannot have what God's already said he's given you. We got to get that out. So now that's, that's tough on your flesh. Your spirit loves it, but your flesh doesn't like that because you can never whine. You know, faith won't work with whine in your voice. We get all upset about drinking alcohol, not drinking alcohol, churches split. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm more concerned with the wine in people's voice because that will kill them. Does that make sense? Let's deal with the real issues, right? Well, you know, we got to stand up for righteousness. Yeah, let's stand up for righteousness. Let's believe God's word in our heart and speak it with our mouth. Let's say we can do all things. We can love, just unbridled love. The love of God's been shed abroad in my heart. Now I could love the unlovable. I don't consider myself. I'm actually free from myself. Don't you ever get up to here with thinking about yourself? Do you ever notice what's bad about that is you can't figure anything out when you're thinking about yourself? God, oh God, what am I going to do with my life? And, and the Lord's going, i got to get the wine out of his mouth before I could ever get him to receive anything. I know that sounds funny, right? But it's absolutely the truth. So whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, but how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? you got to believe. you got to believe. And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? So in order to believe right, you have to hear right. And this is why Jesus, when he was on the earth, he said, you be careful what you hear, you be careful how you hear, you be careful who you hear. You gotta be real careful because your beliefs are birthed from what you hear. This is, this is a huge, huge thing. And then it says this, and how shall they hear without a preacher? I love that part because, listen, guess what? This is why all of us in this room, every child of God on this planet is called to be a preacher. That word means proclaimer. Now, yes, I'm a five-fold ministry pastor, and I proclaim. But it doesn't matter if you're in the five-fold ministry or not. God will send you to work tomorrow to be a proclaimer. Maybe at High V, maybe at a gas station. Who knows where, but you're going to proclaim. God will send you. You won't even know. And sometimes some of the stuff you say, you will have no idea how powerful it is. You'll say something. I mean, I, we had one lady. It was so funny. There's a lady in our church that was working with another lady who had to drive to Colorado, eight hours in a car, to go visit her mom who was sick. So this lady in our church, her car was being worked on and said, hey, can I use your car just to go to, go to lunch? 
And the lady's like, sure, they were really good friends. So the lady in our church uses this lady's car and has this thought. I'm going to throw one of the CDs for one of our services in her CD player. And so she, she threw it in there. And when she got back, she made sure it was right at the beginning. And she turned everything on. So when her car turned on, she'd hear me. Really, so she'd hear the Holy Spirit. And this lady contacted us and said, man, I listened to that, that, I mean, it's eight hours, so she would have listened to it seven or eight times. She said, you were using phrases and words that I always use. You were, the, the way God talks to me, you were using those same examples. And, and she got so built up, she said, I was so built up that when I walked in that hospital room, I was so full, ready to minister to my mom. See, that's the way God is. This, is. this is why Satan will dumb you down. Because, see, he's already lost you. But these people that you're around that don't know him, right? These Christians that you're around that have other fruit that they need to bear in this earth as they become all that God has for them, he doesn't want you going and encouraging and building them up. Why? Well, he doesn't care about them either, but he doesn't want them to reach anybody. As a matter of fact, he wants the church, he wants everybody to drive by churches and go, why would I ever want to go there? Amen. The four Christians that I know, they're hypocrites, they're, they're meaner than everybody else that I know, right? Well, why is that? Why does that happen sometimes? Because the enemy is out to steal your witness. Right? How can they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. See, the purpose of preaching, the purpose of proclaiming the gospel is to bring information to people so that they can think in line with what God said Jesus did for us. That's why so that they can believe the gospel to give people God's word so that God's word starts governing their lives. Right? See, I'm a pastor. And you know, there's some crazy churches out there where they have to go to the pastor to ask permission to get married. And you know, do you think I should do this? And do... Are you kidding me? God did not place me as a pastor in this church to govern your life. His word is to govern your life. All of our lives, right? This is so important. What we believe is a result of our thinking. If you don't get anything else out of tonight, which I think that would be impossible, because I know I'm getting a lot. <laughs> what you believe is a result of your thinking. Number one killer of teenagers in America is suicide. Where did it all start? It all starts with a thought. Man, don't let the enemy throw any junk in you, right? If we think wrong, we will believe wrong. If we believe wrong, our confession or what we say will be wrong. God gave us his word to completely correct our thinking. So don't don't ever, ever get your eyes off Jesus. Otherwise, hearing this will start becoming boring to you and you'll start playing church. 
and the enemy will rob from you. A promise from God's word must be confessed as a reality before it ever becomes a reality. So God's word promises me healing. That word, he sent his word, Psalm 1720, and healed me. That word has to become a reality in my heart before it will ever become a reality in my life. Does that make sense? God wants you to know. See, a lot of Christians are just, they're beating themselves up with guilt, shame, and condemnation. Even, and when God's word says, there is no guilt, shame, or condemnation to those who be in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit, not after our flesh. We don't mind the things of our flesh. We're filled with the word of God and we're not moved by what we see outwardly. We're not moved by people. I'm not moved by anything outwardly, but inwardly is where I'm moved. So there's four elements that we've mentioned. Four elements of a spiritually strong believer. A spiritually strong believer will hear right, which means they will think right, which means they will believe right, which means that they will speak right. You show me a spiritually... What is it, what is it defined in the Bible, a spiritually mature Christian believer? Speaking the truth, the word of God in love, always. A spiritually mature believer will never thump you on the head with the word of God. Will never try to work out your own salvation. They, 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 they hear right so that they can think right. So that they'll make sure they're believing right. So that they speak right. Those are four elements of, of strong faith. The faith that receives. So you got to guard your thought life. You have to be careful who you're hearing, what you're hearing, and how you're hearing it. Does that make sense? Strong believers think this way. Strong believers believe, hear, and speak this way. Weak believers hear wrong because many times they're in wrong places and it causes them to think wrong. Pretty soon they start believing wrong. Well, God heals some and not others and you know God blesses some and not others. You can't receive anything from God like that. Right? then all of a sudden they're speaking wrong. See, here's the thing. Whatever you look at, you will start looking to, and it'll ultimately become your source. God knows that. It's the way we were made, because God wants us to look at him so that we're always looking to him, so that he always is our source, because we're a created being. We're the offspring of God and we are created to be one with him. We're not created to do anything by ourselves. We're created to do everything with him. Isn't that good? That's amazing to me. See, right confession, that'll demonstrate Satan's defeat in your life. You cannot believe right unless you think right. This is so important. So, uh, jump over to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. I just want to read this scripture because this scripture unlocks a lot. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says this, 
Wisdom is the principal thing. That word, it literally means wisdom is the primary thing. It's the first thing. It is the most important thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Now, this word get is a little, it just shoots a little short. Really, in the Hebrew language, it says, therefore, pursue wisdom. And with all your pursuing, pursue understanding. That's literally what it, what it says. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get or pursue wisdom. And with all your getting or with all your pursuing, pursue or get understanding. Getting understanding, pursuing understanding. Another way to say that is, and with all your pursuing, get understanding. What the word is telling you is think right. Because understanding deals with that. Understanding is of your mind. God is saying, you got to think right. A byproduct of wisdom is to understand. A byproduct of wisdom is so that you can think right. Does that make sense? Wisdom is of the heart. It's of your spirit. Understanding is of your mind. Thinking right will be a byproduct of pursuing wisdom wisdom it flows it's not of this world it flows from god's word jesus is the word of god it says jesus is made unto us wisdom so the holy spirit brings revelation and wisdom is there the word of god comes into your heart and then the wisdom of god will come out and the wisdom of God will enable you to apply the word to your life. How does it do that? Because you'll believe it. You, first of all, you'll think about it. You'll believe it. Then you'll speak it and you'll get the result in every area of your life. Wisdom is the most important aspect of walking in the blessing of God. Right thinking will always be a byproduct of right understanding. This is so important to have understanding, it literally means that you're thinking right. You know, every day I talk to the Lord and I'm always telling him, Father, help me today by your spirit to make sure I'm always seeing things correctly. You know, and, and, and just, just keep that. I, I want to I see things right and I want to see things correctly. And, and how I do that is the word of God will bring clarity to it. If I get off into my own, my own thought processes and I start looking at natural things, see, you can't look at natural things and tell what you're supposed to do. Because you might need a job. And you might need to make $3,000 a month. And then you get an offer for a job paying you $4,000 a month. And then you get another offer from a job paying you $2,300 a month. And if you look at the natural, you'll go, well, of course I take the job making $5,000 or $4,000 a month. But what you don't know is God wants you to be over here making $2,300 a month because your fruit's over here. And you're going to meet somebody here and you're going to learn something here that's going to catapult you to a job that pays you $6,000 a month. And while you're over here at $2,300 a month, He's going to bring revelation and he'll meet all your needs there. Because our job is not designed to take care of our lifestyle. Our sowing is. 
That's what the Bible, that's, that's the word of God. Wrong thinking is a result of a lack of understanding. Wrong understanding means you're thinking wrong. So if you look at this, our confession, it literally demonstrates Satan's defeat in our life. When I confess that I am more than a conqueror, that my Father always causes me to triumph, that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that the Holy Spirit was within me and he's quickening my mortal body right now. He makes me of a quick learning. Uh, my mind is getting sharper as I'm getting older, not, not dull. See, see, the Bible says this, you can have what you say. But what you say is homo logeo, it's your confession. It's not whatever you just are thinking of. No, it's we say what God says. So we walk around all the time saying what God says. And you think, well, that's ridiculous. Why can't I say what I want to say? Well, you know, it seemed to be good enough for Jesus. He walked around, he says, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear him say. And oh, the works that I do, hey, listen, it's not me that's doing them, it's, it's the Father. So now, this, this keeps you in a perfect place. You're operating on the God level because God is operating through you and your job is simply to rest. If I'm willing and obedient, I already know I'm gonna eat the good of the land. If, if I'm willing and obedient, do you know God will give us the best of Omaha? Buildings, lands, all this stuff. Actually, God's giving us the best of Omaha. You know the best thing in Omaha is people. As a matter of fact, the best thing everywhere is people. The church, well, let me say this. Satan's defeat in your life, it comes one way. The only way Satan's defeat comes to you is through what you say. So if you won't say it, he can't bring it. Why? Because he's a defeated foe. Oh, he yells. Circumstances can scream, but when you're not looking at circumstances and you're looking at your father who loves you, he's your shield, he's your buckler, He's your inaccessible place of refuge. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Right? He's the one that leads me beside still waters. All the peace in my life is because of him. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my mind, my will, and my emotion. Right? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which is your life here on the earth, we fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. His rod, his staff comfort me. And, and what do I know? I know that surely, not a lady, right? And there's not three, surely, and then goodness and mercy. No, no. Most assuredly, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And guess what? When I understand as I seek him, the blessing overtakes me. Wow. The goodness of God. 
Isn't that amazing? You know, his goodness is his presence. It's his glory. It's, it's his healing anointing. It's everything. It's him. It's him. Moses said, man, I just want to see you. And God, God goes, well, listen, you can't, you can't see me and live, so I'm going to stick you. And God must be a basketball player because he has gigantic hands. And uh, so he goes, you just get in this crack here on this, in the side of this cliff. I'm going to put my hand over you, and then you could see my back parts. So Moses asked for his presence, and then God passed his goodness past him. Why? Because his goodness is his presence. See, God wants his presence manifesting in your life. He doesn't want the enemy touching you. The church, we've emphasized good works until we are blue in the face. And it's led people, multitudes of people, into a works mentality. Listen, you can't keep yourself free from sin. He keeps you. I've got great news for you tonight. If there's things in your life that you need to change, guess what? You can't change them. But he can. And he, and he will if you'll just give it to him. It'll be the easiest thing in the world. You just rest. We emphasize good works and we emphasize right believing, but we've not emphasized right confession. And this is a key. There's so many people in the church that believe right, but they let go of their confession because they won't stick to it. And this is normally how it says, I'm believe, or how it happens, I'm believing right. I believe I'm healed. And, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, because you're not speaking right, you're believing, you let go of it. Does that, does that make sense? Have, has anybody ever done that but me? Right? Here's the good news, though. Because then, then Satan will talk you into like you're in this Monopoly game. Oh, shoot. You just doubted. So now you got to go all the way back to square one. Where is that in the Bible? There is no square one. Do you know that? 2,000 years ago, you were given everything. So there is no square one. So you let something go and, 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 a, and you let it go for a month? Guess what? You just pick it up. Father, I don't believe any of that nonsense that I've spoken. I've just been speaking out of my flesh. Your father's going to go, yeah, I know. You ready? You're, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. That's all it is. That is all it is. You mess up, you, you really mess things up. And you go to God and you just change your mind. Okay, I've been, I messed this all up. I, I, I got out of the word. I started living out of my flesh and I started allowing my flesh to do all this nonsense. And now, man, I'm in a mess. God comes down, you know, he won't get on you for the mess. He'll just say, okay, so give it all to me. Give me the mess and let's go. And he'll start cleaning up your mess. And here's the thing. When you realize how good he is, you won't make the mess. This, this is the secret. Man, I wish you could be at men's Bible study Tuesday morning. We had 22 guys so hungry and we're going through the book of Romans and we're learning, wow. 
I'm free. The, 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 when Jesus said, see, when Jesus said it was finished, it actually, this is deep theologically, it was finished. When his blood hit the mercy seat, all your sin was washed away. It wasn't covered. It wasn't covered. Yeah, but I could remember it. Yeah, but God doesn't. And you know why he doesn't remember it? Because there's nothing to remember. Do you know why he sees you not in your sin, but he sees you in Christ? Because you're not in your sin, you're in Christ. So he's seeing you correctly, you're just not. Why? Because if you look at things in the natural, guilt, shame, and condemnation's all over you. But if you get in the spirit and believe him, it all changes. Jesus said that we're to be careful who, what, and how you hear. Thoughts come. They come to you from information that you're hearing, right? From teaching that you sit under, and from your associations. Those are the three avenues that thoughts come to you. So be careful. This is why God wants to plant you in the right church. Well, step number one, if the church is not preaching the word, run. If, if we ever stop preaching the word, as you're running out the door, say, Pastor, love you, I'll pray for you. Wow, I gotta get out of here. Because why? Because you could. It, it, this is life and death. Go to a church that believes some of this nonsense. And in, in about a year, you'll be believing it. It'll get really confusing. Well, maybe, you know, maybe God does you know, put a little, put just a, he'll, he'll sprinkle a little diabetes on somebody just to kind of get them closer to him. Maybe. You think, well, I'd never believe that. Yeah, because you're sitting in the right environment. You, you hear truth. But if you start hearing that nonsense and all of a sudden circumstances and symptoms are in your body, you'll start, and you're, you're believing God and the symptoms are getting worse and you're like, oh, well, you're being moved by symptoms, not by the Lord. Rest in the fact that this is done. If you get in faith and stay in faith, he will bring it to pass. He'll perform that in your life. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord.